Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> morning Great intro. Morning drinking. I <laughs> good know. morning, sir. I know. <laughs> How are you? Our schedules are getting in the way of our drinking. <laughs> oh, well, we just adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> That's no big deal. That's good. Yeah, a lot going on this week, huh? Yeah, yeah. We 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 traveled together a little bit. We did. That was great. Eddie Merlot's has a good bartender. <laughs> yes, they do. Goodness gracious. Yep. And yeah, and you know we always are. We've turned. We're turning into like parsnickety little snobs when it comes to drinks. So it's good when you sit down and you have a really nice cocktail. Yeah. Well, it's just hard to find. You know, I generally test a bartender with a Manhattan. If if I'm if I'm going to order yeah. some cocktails, I'm going to start with a Manhattan. Yep. If it comes out great, okay, let's keep going. Right. If they can't make a Manhattan, I'm sorry, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Right? So I mean, it's funny. There's like a zillion like bartending videos online, and mm-hmm. one that I can think of, I think you can probably remember, is like this giant like 24 ounce plastic cup, and she's oh making, yeah, that she's one. making an old fashioned, and she's like. <laughs> And now there's a lot of alcohol in this drink. Yeah. Yeah. Because you dumped half of a bottle. She's got like a one and a half liter. (laughs) She's just dumping it in there. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was good. That was was good times. Yeah. No, this this one was. uh, So I ordered my Manhattan with my steak. And then I'm I'm thinking, what goes good with a steak? And then I thought, well, yeah, Manhattan, actually. A Manhattan or an old fashioned (laughs) goes really, really well with a steak. So I ordered a second Manhattan because it was so good, and I think I think the waiter got mixed up and brought me an old fashioned. But I agree, I wasn't complaining. That was really good too. What did yeah. you have there? Uh, I had a Manhattan also, uh-huh. which is usually our go to, and then I also had a Kentucky Mule. Oh, that's right, yeah. um, which is not a hard drink. Also hard to screw up. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but again, Kentucky Mule, ginger beer, bourbon. Mm-hmm. We we walked to the restaurant from like twenty minutes away. Yes. and we were sweaty. That was like a super cold drink. It was good. It was so. quite refreshing. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah it was. and then like we went to bed and the next day we woke up and it was like 50 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 90 the day before. Which I'm all for it, man. I'm all for Fall it. Fall is here. It's good. We're, well, we're kind of going to be, you know, transitioning out of the summer cocktails, yep. which we've, we've done a lot of this year and we'll mm-hmm. be getting into some more fall themed probably. Yes. Um, not yet, though. Not, Not yet. yet. Today we're drinking the salty dog, which yeah. is a summer drink. It is definitely. So let's. I, we can get into it. What, what we're drinking today? I'm gonna just tell you. I'm a little nervous. Me too. I saw how much grapefruit juice you put in there. <laughs> I am not a grapefruit juice fan. My dad, every morning, would eat a half of a grapefruit and a bowl of grape nuts. I think. Oof. Yeah. He. Uh, wow. Why did he torture himself? Swore by it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he would get grapefruit juice all the time too. And you wow. know, when you're a little kid and you see like the Tropicana thing in the, yeah. the fridge, and you're like, oh, orange juice, and then you're not expecting it whoa yeah yeah that's bad right especially right after you brush your teeth (laughs) oh yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm a little worried because this is a grapefruit juice drink but knowing we were see knowing we were doing this drink today i just didn't brush my teeth today (laughs) i you know i was gonna say uh, (laughs) i noticed that a little bit we are we're standing pretty far apart here yeah yeah (laughs) that's a good thing so we're also gonna get into finance at some point (laughs) this is an easy drink though right oh this is a very easy drink yeah so I'm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I screwed it up. We'll find out. Yeah. But, well. uh, yeah. We're also going to talk about. Really, uh, it sounds kind of faux pas. I think people are afraid to ask their advisor, or if they're interviewing an advisor, you know, how do you get paid? Yeah. Um, because that's. It just seems like a bold question. Well, darn it. 
Uh, you should know how your advisor gets paid. So we're going to walk through some different scenarios. Yeah, and, and we're we're seeing this come back quite a bit because volatility in the market. You know, yeah. they dust off some of the best high commission products, <laughs> throw those back out there for all the fear mongering to happen. So yeah. it's, well, it's don't good. spoil it. I know. Let's drink a drink. All right. So today we are drinking the salty dog, Ooh. which is reminiscent. It just makes me think of my happy place, Jason. Hilton Head Island, South yes, Carolina. Yes. You see the, I mean, we're in Ohio. So half the people that are there are Ohio people. Yeah. <laughs> um, like when you're driving down, it's all Ohio license plates. Yeah. Great place. But uh, the Salty Dog Cafe, you know, you've seen the shirts. Oh, right? yeah, definitely. Uh, so this one just, it made me think, oh, man, I wish oh, I was in Hilton Head. I should Head go on right vacation. <laughs> today would be a great day to be in Hilton Head. So anyway, we're drinking the Salty Dog today. This is an easy one to try at home. You probably have what you need. If not, a quick stop at the grocery store will uh, we'll fix that. So Jason, what we got today here is one and a half ounces of gin or vodka. Yes. We went gin, of course. Yeah, of course we did. <laughs> But if you like vodka, you know, knock yourself out. Stop listening. (laughs) Don't listen to him. (laughs) Well, I guess you said stop listening. Uh, (laughs) So an ounce and a half of, you know, we use Tanqueray Gin here. Three ounces of freshly squeezed grapefruit juice. Mm. We will see. And then you salt the rim. Uh, You should probably salt the rim before you mix this stuff up. (laughs) Yeah, don't dump it out. (laughs) And then we just garnish with, you know, a grapefruit peel. Uh, Just took a little, uh, what do you call it? Just a, a peeler? Little, just a, a peeler? little, yeah, vegetable peeler. Yeah, uh, just to get that essence while you're you're drinking it. So an easy one to build. Throw some ice under a rocks glass after you've uh, after you've salted the rim. Throw your grapefruit juice in. Throw your gin in. Mm-hmm. Stir it up nicely and enjoy. Yes, Jason, let's try it out. Cheers. I don't hate that. Nope. I could tell right away that I was going to like it as soon as it hit my nose. Oh, I don't hate that at all. Actually, that's really um, that's nice. It is nice. The salt, I think, it's neutralizes. Always a, it's always a surprise. Well, I, I got to like, be honest. Why would you put salt on the rim of a cup? Well, because something in this is super sour. Yeah, it really does neutralize that grapefruit juice. I don't mind this at all, Jason. Oh, this that is was, pretty good. That um, really easy. It's not super grapefruity. Now, I, you know, it's late September. Maybe the grapefruits at the grocery store are not super fresh. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I'm, that's I'm going re- in for another sip here. That's really good. You know, one thing bit of a debate mm-hmm. i was talking about the peel a little bit uh, with a friend mm-hmm. and uh, i was watching a, a pretty fancy bartender online and i like what he does with the peel he takes the peel and he squeezes it like get all the over oil the, out of yeah, it all over the glass like just mm-hmm. then he rubs it on the rim of the glass mm-hmm. and i feel like you so know you're getting that a little bit of the the oil every it's time a, you it's an oil yeah and so it doesn't just like you don't just wipe it off with your with your lips when you drink so that was a little bit of a debate hmm. and you know i that's that's really good i i'm surprised i thought it was going to be super sour me too um so. so i took a little bit of liberty with this garnish actually most recipes call for a grapefruit slice to garnish now the grapefruits i bought were huge I wasn't going to fit a grapefruit (laughs) slice in there. So similar to when I make a Manhattan or an old fashioned, I'll do some of the peel yeah, uh, and and just kind of either throw that in or put put that on a skewer or something just so you kind of get that smell whenever you're right when you're drinking. Now, grapefruit doesn't have that strong, overpowering smell. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't get like like orange smacks you in the face. Lemon smacks you in the face. Yeah, But as soon as I put that up to my nose, I smelled grapefruit, which was and I don't have a great sniffer. You know, I think I got the covid nose, Mm -hmm. but uh that's a good 
easy drink to make. It, really it reminds is. me of the Paloma. Yes. Yes, it does. Where it's like two ingredients. Have at it. Was it two? Well, well, we, we like, salted the rim on that just because, I mean, it's like a margarita. It's like a margarita. Drink, yeah. yeah. So, you know, tequila. Control, I think. We didn't use control in that. We didn't? No, we used tequila, squirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. And lime or juice. Or fresco. A little whichever. bit of lime. Like yeah. lime. And oh, that was I, a good one. It's easy. And it is like it is like the lazy margarita. Well, it? okay. So I would put this as more of a, this seems to me like kind of a breakfast cocktail it does this it does. this might Mimosa be some of that level yeah, yeah yeah a little hair of the dog kind of a drink yeah you know oh that's good yeah i like it, it it's you know we're here at 9 20 in the morning <laughs> recording a podcast this is really unusual for drinking. us by the way <laughs> and i don't feel like this is ridiculous for no, us to be no. drinking right now we both were thinking this is going to be ridiculous <laughs> all right so, okay, the Salty Dog. Check it out, folks. Yeah. I'm surprised. I like it. I thought I was going to hate this drink. So. Yay. Moving on. Jason, how do you get paid? Uh. <laughs> Here we go. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, today's topic is how does your advisor get paid? Yes. This is a fair question. Okay. Yes. But, and you've seen it when we've, we've met with prospects. They're a little, you know, they want to ask. But they feel like they're going to offend us. The apprehension to talk about money yeah. to a person that talks about money for a living, right, is just so obvious. And you shouldn't. You need to just throw that away. I yeah. Mean, there's I, few things in this world. I feel like they almost view it as like going to the doctor's office. Like you have no idea how much this is going to cost you, right? Right. And you can't ask because that would just <laughs> nobody. Well, th- nobody there actually knows. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Don't like. I think that's probably. I know I'm like getting to the conclusion part here, but like, well, don't do that. Just ask. I still have some. Drink just left. ask. Just ask. Yeah. I, so I I try to make this as non awkward as possible. So if I remember, if I remember, I generally just come right out and say, "You're probably wondering how I get paid," and yep. and this is actually I think a uh, I don't want to say a selling point because we're not selling anything, but it is it is an advantage to the way we do business. I believe so. I like to come out and say, "Hey." You're probably wondering, so I'm going to tell you because I think right. you ought to know. And the reason that you ought to know is, you know, nobody wants to get a call from their advisor, right? And so, you know, say, hey, this is what's going on. I think we need to do X, Y, and Z. We need you to come in and do this. And you go, well, I like my advisor. I think they're looking out for me, but why, why does he want me to change right now? Things are going okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is he getting paid? Does he need right. a commission? Why? Right? Yep. So I like to get it out of the way and just say, I want you to know how I get paid. So you understand that when we make changes, you you know what my motivation is. Absolutely. Right. So yep. exactly. L- let's get into it a little bit, Jason. And and I think it, it probably I, I don't want to say that most advisors out there probably are still doing this. It is kind of the old school way. Let's talk about the old broker commission world. Sure. So I, I look at this as the old school way of doing things. You know, at, at a time, this was the only way for advisors to do sure. business right? for a long time. I mean, and, you know, really the advent of, you know, what what's known as an RIA or fee only advisors. Yeah, you know, it, it, it it's old. It's just people didn't use it that often. They yeah. were using the old school broker commission model, which is still, I mean, super prevalent. Yeah. And, and more common. Actually, here's the other thing I'll say, I at least and I'm not trying to wrap it up here and get to my conclusion either. But I think like most of these episodes, I'm not going to come out and say one way is completely wrong and never makes any sense. And the other is always right and always makes sense. Absolutely. I will say 
like anything, if it's legal, it works for someone. It's got to right. be, it's got to benefit somebody, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be allowed to do it. Sure. So, you know, but yes, this is the old school way of doing things. Jason, when I started and I got my Series 6 and 63 life and health license, like mm-hmm. we, like most of us did when right. we got started, yeah, right? Yeah, because I mean, that's another unfortunate part of our practice and our businesses, uh, business and financial advising planning. There isn't an easy way to enter the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't like a widely accepted internship program. So many of us go down the you know bank advisor. Yeah. Uh, Somebody's got to sponsor you yeah. to get these licenses to you do get, what you want to do. You so. get sponsored and you go out and you get these you know life and health series mm-hmm. six or seven, 63, 65. Yep. And then you're ready. You can go out and start selling some stuff and making and earning commissions right. when you do it. Yeah, so from the from the start, Series 6, 63, Life and Health, basically the only thing I was allowed to do was earn a commission. That's right. And I'm, you know, when I met you, you were, I, I'd put it this way, had one foot in one side and one foot in the other. That's absolutely true. But when you got started, were you also commission only? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, probably for the first two or three years, mm-hmm. I was commission only, and that was that again that's just the way it was and and quite um, honestly it, it, some of that is, is. How, how you survive for the first couple of years uh, really you have to get paid right so when we talk about commissions all right here's what we're talking about we just kind of talked about the the and we've added lots of licenses over the years and things like that we've taken lots of tests folks but basically we could sell life insurance yep. right and i'm saying we could sell life insurance correct which came with a commission attached correct you know so you Match a client up with a company. Mm-hmm. They give you a, let's call it a finder's fee, a commission. Yep. The client isn't paying directly nope. out of that commission, but the insurance company is making money and they're, they're basically fronting you on that, right? Correct. Yeah. So, okay, that's, that's a, a commission type product. I don't know of any way that you can, you can do life insurance without a commission. Not that Quite I'm frankly. aware of, but you know, again, with the advent of fee-only advisors, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably something they're working on. Yeah. So a lot of times with life insurance, you know, you sell someone a half a million dollar policy. It costs five hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Your commission would likely be somewhere in the range of the first year premium. So, um, and that's fronted. And then right. ongoing, they're going to receive a residual, a little kickback every year that that policy is still in force. Yeah. And, and they know they're going to get paid, right? Yep. Because if the client breaks the contract a year in, they yep. charge a big a back end load. Yep. So or a penalty. <laughs> a penalty. Yeah, exactly. So, so they know they're getting paid. But that that would be kind of that's the first thing that we we learned about. Yep. When we got started all those years ago, and then annuities, which are life insurance products. So continue with the commission type structure. Right. Now there are some fancy ways to do annuities outside of that commission structure now. But again, um, yep. really, yeah, if you. For the most part, let's let's say if your advisor is selling you life insurance or life insurance products such as annuities, they are probably conducting business in this old-fashioned broker of way of business, right? Yeah, so index, variable, fixed annuity, mm-hmm. single premium, they're all going to receive a commission, and that is really what they what they and we're I'm going to coin move forward here a little bit. They call in your best interest it's a best yeah. interest arrangement you are moving forward i a am little bit. i'm sorry that's <laughs> it. you know again that's the other word i didn't put up there that i'll throw in there along with best interest is suitability correct suitability it's a suitable product for yes. you it may not actually be the 
absolute best product for yes. you. Yes. Okay. Or the cheapest for that matter. So, okay. Before we jump right into that, we talked about life insurance. Uh, we talked about, you know, annuities and things. And by the way, I would think most people that are listening that have an advisor assume that their advisor gets commissions because this was the prevalent way of doing business for years and years and years. Yeah. So when we get into the the other way of doing things, uh-huh. I think sometimes folks are more confused then, right? Well, what do you mean? Well, so when do you get, how do you get your commission, right? Right. But this also falls, you know, into the the mutual fund category and, and selling stocks, individual stocks and things like that, a series seven. Yeah. License. So you place a trade for a stock. There's You're a gonna commission. Make, make a commission. There's a transaction cost, so the broker gets paid. Right. In a mutual fund, there's often a load or a you know a front end sales charge. Yeah. So you're gonna pay, you know, three percent all the way up to almost five percent. I think just to five put, is is six the max that they're allowed. You know what? I flushed my brain of a lot of that <laughs> on purpose, but the highest I think I've seen is five point seven five. Yeah, but. so you're gonna pay something just to have the privilege to invest in that fund, and a big part of that goes back to the advisor. So essentially, you're paying the advisor to have so yeah allow you to get into this fund. Easy math. Let's say yep. you're young, you're starting out, you realize I want to start investing. I'm gonna go to my local whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> that does investments, retirement, Your local consultant. bank, whatever. Yeah, sure. And you say, I've, you know, I, I want to start with ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, what what do we do here? Well, you're probably going to see a mutual fund. Yep. You're probably going to pay about five point seven five percent up front. Yep. That's five hundred seventy five dollars that comes out. Correct. For the privilege of owning the fund, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that, a good chunk of that, goes to your advisor. Correct. Right? Again, let let's get into the best interest suitability now, right? So at let, let's let's just keep walking with this example, Jason. I walk into my local bank. Yep. And I said, hey, I've been listening to Dave Ramsey. Yep. And I'm out of debt now, aside from my mortgage. And I realize I'm kind of behind on retirement savings. So I want to get started. I've got $10,000 to work with. Right. Okay. Yep. And when we decide that this X, XYZ mutual fund is the way to go, and I understand it's going to cost me up front. In what capacity did you act as the advisor, Jason? You just sold me that mutual fund. Yeah. So I, I acted, number one, as a broker. Yes. Okay. I had my broker hat on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell you a fund mm-hmm. that is suitable to you. What does that mean? Suitable <laughs> means. Sounds obvious. Yeah. It, it It is a product that fits, you know, the particular boundaries or rules you've given me. Mm-hmm. Um, so a young person might be really aggressive. So mm-hmm. we're going to pick a fund that's aggressive. Now, suitability has a zillion definitions when you get into the weeds. Now, where the argument comes in is just because it's suitable doesn't mean it's the best. Yeah. Okay. Now, that might be best in terms of cost. Uh-huh. It could be best in terms of performance. But if the product, which is interesting because we can't look at past performance. That's right. <laughs> but if the product fits the criteria for this investor profile, it is a suitable product. And that's all it takes. When? 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 At the point of selling the product. So what about five six years months now, down the road? Years from now, suitability will Hands definitely. Hands are clean. Yeah. Right? I, when I met, I made the recommendation. It was suitable. We're done here. That's right? right. That's right. So, you know, a super ultra aggressive mutual fund for a 22-year-old person mm-hmm. will be suitable. Now, if they set it and forget it, you know, one of my favorite lines, mm-hmm. I said it in the last podcast. Ronco. Yeah. If they set it and forget it and, you know, they're 45 years old, it 
probably isn't suitable right. anymore, almost likely. Um, but the broker who sold that doesn't have the obligation to change. Right. So not let, let's talk. Let's keep fleshing this out. I like this, Jason. Why, if I went and I bought that mutual fund, and let's say you know I, I didn't add to it for a while, my broker hasn't called me for five years. I wonder what's going on in the market. Why is that? So uh, the sad part about this is unless he makes a change, okay, or she makes a change, they're not going to earn any new commissions. They're out probably gathering new clients, mm-hmm. selling them a product and earning commissions. Mm-hmm. That is probably one of the biggest disadvantages of this arrangement. And now yeah. this is not everybody. There no. are many advisors who do a great job and they may do right. exchanges within fund families and things like that and keep up on it. But I think the, the the point to take away from this is what is their obligation really? Well, they made a suitable recommendation from a compliance standpoint. They're off the hook. Right. Right. So if it if 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 the fund changes managers and they go completely off the rails. Yep. It's okay. We're done here because I acted as a broker. I did what was suitable at the time. Right. And because there's no additional pay going forward, really, and we're not going to get into 12B1s and all the, the minute and ways. We might want to do that at some point because it is actually pretty interesting. It is. And it's out there. So, yeah, I mean. But there's not a lot of reason, unless they're just a really good advisor who does what they say they're going to do, for them to continue to consult you on. on I would actually argue here you just called them an advisor and well, they're not. And they're actually just. Great point. That's a great point. They're a broker. They sold you something. They are not financial planners. They are filling a suitable, uh, filling a need with a suitable product and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. That's, I, I feel like that was pretty good, a, a good example of what you might see. Yeah. Right. And, let, let's get into the other side of the house, Jason. Sure. Which is fee-only financial advice. Sure. Right? What does that mean? I thought we just talked about a fee that a broker might charge, right? Yes. Is that what we're talking about? A fee-only advisor is essentially someone that does not earn a commission from selling a product. It's typically set up as if we have assets under management, mm-hmm. so you bring $100,000 here, we charge a flat fee, okay? One percent, one and a half percent, two percent, just depends on the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And that's an annual. And that's an annual yep. fee. Now, even under fee only advisors, there's a bit of little nuances. At Blue Jay, we do a wrap fee, so it covers all the costs. Yeah, okay. there there are costs inside of those yes. accounts still. Right? right, right. So, so the reason I chose I chose this for us, and so of course I I've got a little bit of a skew here, but sure. it's the most transparent to uh-huh. me. It's it's disclosed on your statement. You understand what how much you pay. We can talk about it easily. Math can be done with simple calculations, and that covers everything. So let's flesh this situation out. Sure. I come to Blue Jay Financial Group. I go to any fee only advisor because you know maybe I want a little bit more hands on approach. Maybe I want I don't want Ronco right. Yeah, I don't want to set it and forget it. Sure. And you know we sit down. Let let's say I'm the same client. Uh-huh. Right? And I, I went in and I, I bought a mutual fund 10 years ago. Well, now I have $100,000 and I want to talk to you about how you you charge your fee, right? Mm-hmm. So we have our, let's keep the math simple, 1%. You charge me 1% a year. That's $1,000 a year. Sure. Every year, right? Yep. As long as we're, we're uh, holding the money. That's correct. So if my account over the next 10 years grows to $200,000, well, Jason, 1% of 200000 is now $2,000, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So let's illustrate. 
you you talked about transparency of fees, mm-hmm. right? Elaborate a little bit more on that. Why that's why that's more transparent. I I always say why it puts us on the same side of the table as our clients. Yeah. So I mean, as you experience success, we also experience and get to share in that success. We have a not only a fiduciary obligation, which means we're we're bound by yeah. law. I was going to say, explain that to do what's in your best interest. Okay, fiduciary versus suitability. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not it doesn't need to be. It, it has to be suitable, but it also has to be in your best interest. So mm-hmm. I can't choose, you know, X Y Z fund because they sent me to Cabo. Yeah. Okay, that would be a breach of my fiduciary duty. But also the thing that you need to add to that is not at the moment that we got together, ongoing. All the time. Ongoing. Yeah. So, you know, it's a more dynamic approach. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. So as you do better, we do better. What about when we do worse, Jason? When you do worse, we We all know what the market's done this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that emotional response like a lot of our clients. And because it 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 does have a direct impact on how well we're doing as a firm. So Good, bad, or indifferent. That's what it is. You feel the pain. We feel the pain. That's right. Yeah. And so, and, and I always say, quite honestly, hey, look, when you're when you're down, you're not happy. I'm not happy either. And and also, I'm probably working harder than I was before. Like right. I'm I'm taking a pay cut and working harder. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the thing to remember about this, and I want to make sure we touch on this, is a lot of financial advisors can wear both hats. Yes. I think this is a... Think of the banks. This is right? a... Think of the big wirehouse. Exactly. I Personally, controversially, I think that this is like probably one of the most regulatory like fouls on the field. Yeah. I can't stand that you can switch hats in between broker and field. You just got to disclose it when you do. And right? that does not... Because everybody reads those disclosures, nobody by knows, the way. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, so... You know, we've chosen to be strictly fee only. We can't switch hats. Okay. And like I said earlier earlier in the podcast, that when things get volatile, they dust off some of these high commission products. You know, the safe stuff. It's the safe stuff. And it (laughs) it makes me really, really nauseous. Okay. So, again, uh, I think that that's important to point out that some folks wear both hats. Yeah. And you need to ask your advisor. Absolutely. What, which hat are you wearing right now? In what capacity are you advising? Right. When you sell um, me a four percent fixed annuity for seven years, that's a commission product. Right. That's not a fee only product. And and again, I'm maybe I'm gonna be soft on this. I'll go back and I'll say just because you're earning a commission doesn't mean it's the wrong thing or a bad thing. We recommend life insurance all the time. Yeah. We just don't do it and get paid on it. That's correct. So but we fill the need with someone else. And I, I think that most firms would say, well, that's why we allow our advisors to wear both hats, because while they're planning and doing what they're doing, they need to be able to recommend and sell insurance or whatnot, you know, that that those com- only commission products that don't fit into the fee only system. But right. but like you said, especially in times like today, it's like selling ketchup popsicles the ladies in white gloves right yeah dust exactly. off those high commission products when people are scared and that's that's what we see a lot of so yeah i mean and you know one last note here are a lot of times uh, advisors like us will mix in our financial planning as part of our overall fee yeah and some advisors will charge an extra cost yeah. lower aum fee higher uh, financial planning cost that's kind of getting in the weeds of things it is but 
you're at the end of the day, if your advisor is getting like sweaty and sweating bullets <laughs> when you start bringing this question up, the fee, yeah, 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 that's that's a good sign for you that you know what he's dancing around this, or they say it's free, it doesn't cost yeah, you yeah. anything. Yeah, yikes. yikes. That, well, that's the big that's the big egregious one. See, I you you have this seven year four percent fixed annuity. Well, you didn't pay any. You there's no cost. There's no fee. <sighs> ah, they got paid, man. They got right, paid. So. Right. Uh, and consumer always pays, as we know, for yes, everything. So exactly. All right, Jason, that was fun. If you have more questions about this, if you want to know how your advisor gets paid, if you're our client and you're not sure how we get paid, hopefully this like, this is a good up. this is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Uh, but it is time to close out the tab. So thanks for having a drink with us this week. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. I didn't know you got paid to do this job. You're getting paid? Yeah, (laughs) I was doing it for fun.